0: This is a musical revival. My name is Rachel, and welcome to episode two. We're living for applause, applause. Nothing I know brings on the glow. Like sweet applause. You're thinking you're through that nobody And we're back. Hey, everybody. Um, first and foremost, I want to say thank you so much for all of the amazing uh, feedback I received from episode one. It means so much that you guys took the time to listen to the podcast and leave awesome comments um, and emails. I really appreciate it. Uh, So before we get started with today's pick for what our musical revival is, there's a couple of, I guess, housekeeping topics I want to talk about. Uh, uh, So the first one is uh, you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your, your podcasts. Um, and if you are listening on Apple, it would be awesome if you could give us a five-star review. It helps more people find the podcast, and it helps more people get involved in this discussion about musical revivals. And that's really what we're all after in the end. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, it would be awesome if you could give the show a follow. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the second thing I just wanted to talk about um, off the top uh, when I'm recording this, we have just found out that Broadway will not be opening up again uh, until at the earliest June of 2021. Uh, it's a huge, um, huge disappointment for a lot of people. Um, and I just want to, you know, extend my sympathies and my hugs and my well wishes to all of those Broadway performers, um, all of the stage manager managers, all of the crew, um, all of the costume designers, every single person who is involved in the making of a Broadway musical, the production of a Broadway musical. Um, COVID-19 is hitting the theater, the live theater industry harder than a lot of other industries, and um, I really hope that we're able to bounce back from this and that uh, we'll be able to get together and enjoy live art soon. Uh, And finally, when I'm recording this, uh, we've been told that the Tony nominations come out on October 15th. It's weird to say that Broadway isn't going to be open until June, uh, but we're still going to have a Tony ceremony. It's a a different time we're living in. Uh, But next week, I would love to talk about those Tony nominations, uh, because as far as I know, uh, no revivals are actually eligible this year because no revivals opened uh, within the Tony eligibility window before the pandemic hit. But again, when we see those uh, nominations come out on the 15th of October, we'll know a little bit more. Musical fun fact, The King and I and Le Cage aux Faux are the only two musicals to win best revival of a musical twice. So today's musical revival is applause. Cue applause. Uh, So, Applause is a musical that was uh, written or premiered, actually, in 1970. Uh, It was written by Charles Strauss' music and lyrics by Lee Adams. Uh, If you think you know those names, it's probably because you do. Uh, So, Charles and Lee had worked together um, quite a bit prior to this one. Uh, They had worked on the uh, hit Bye Bye Birdie, which we'll definitely talk about in one episode. Uh, All American – Golden Boy and It's a Bird, It's a Plane, It's Superman, uh, which has a really fun uh, cabaret song called uh, I've Got Possibilities or You've Got Possibilities. Super fun. Uh, Anyways, so they had worked on all of those shows prior to working on Applause in 1970. And after Applause, uh, Charles Strauss actually went on to write the music to Annie in 1977. So after Bye Bye Birdie, and before Annie became a household name, uh, Strauss and Adams teamed up again in 1970 for the musical Applause. Applause was based on the 1946 short story, The Wisdom of Eve uh, by Mary Orr, which is also the basis for the 1950s film, All About Eve. So one thing I found really interesting when I really started looking into Applause is that it isn't called All About Eve the musical. And one of the major reasons why it was never called All About Eve the musical, or something to that effect, is because the writers uh, could not get the rights to the film uh, to musicalize it. So instead of um, being discouraged, they went a different way and seek the rights to the short story. The original film, All About Eve, while based on the short story The Wisdom of Eve, doesn't actually credit that short story in, like, anywhere. Uh, So it was a little bit easier for them to base applause off of the short story opposed to the movie. Uh, This means, of course, that some of the key, um, like, additional side characters that were really popular in the movie don't make an appearance in the musical, but they make up for it in different ways. Eventually, they did get, I believe, the rights to All About Eve, but it was way too late in the process to, like, really make any, like, monumental changes to what they'd already done Uh, so they just went with it i guess applause was originally directed by ron field who was also a part of the merrily we roll along production team but was dismissed rather early in that process something kind of cool to tie us into last week Uh, so like i said applause premiered on march 30th in 1970 and closed in 1972 after 896 performances That's a huge difference from last week when we talked about Mary Louie Roll Along, which didn't even get to 50. So it's safe to say that Applause was a hit and the Tony Award season would prove that to be true. Applause was nominated for 11 Tony Awards and won four, including Best Actress in a Musical for Lauren Bacall. Speaking of her, let's talk a little bit about the cast. So Lauren Bacall played Margot Penny Fuller played Eve, and Len Carolu played Bill, Margot's lover boyfriend. I think I said his last name wrong, but I can never pronounce it right, so we're just going to move on. So I want to move on and talk about the weird thing that surrounds applause for me personally. And the weird thing that surrounds this musical is that applause isn't performed very often. Okay, so taking into consideration how well it performed on Broadway and in the West End, plus it had a made-for-TV movie in 1973, you'd think a show with that kind of run history has the kind of popularity to be revived at least once. But really, outside of the Encore's production in 2008, we really haven't seen a lot of applause in New York or on the West End. I kind of have a theory about this um, that I will... Kind of dive into. I think the problem is the name. Applause is based on the same text as all about Eve, which is an insanely popular movie even today. But unless you're really into musicals, you may not even know that they're based on the same text. With the title Applause, you don't immediately think of the iconic Betty Davis film, um, which I think hurts the show. Uh, If the show was called All About Eve, you'd know exactly what you're getting, but when you see the title Applause, you don't make that relation right away. I'm someone who's a fan of the movie. I've seen the movie at least maybe six or seven times, and it wasn't until, quite honestly, maybe a year and a half ago, that I found out about the musical Applause and really got into it and found out that it's based on the same thing as All About Eve. And that's because nowhere does it say, this is the story of Margot Channing, As seen in All About Eve. Uh, So I think it hurts the show a little bit and the legacy of the show Uh, because when it originally came out obviously people knew that it was based on the same thing but as the years go uh, and our attention spans get shorter and shorter and shorter people aren't really that's maybe that's not the right way to say it but people aren't always diving into reading everything about a musical and then going oh I didn't know this like I just think it's easier to sell tickets to a musical Uh, based on All About Eve, uh, if the show is called All About Eve The Musical. It would be really weird if Mean Girls The Musical was called Girl Moves From Africa The Musical. Because, like, that doesn't tell you that this is about Mean Girls. It doesn't tell you that Gretchen Wieners and Regina George are going to be, like, on stage. You're not going to hear from Glenn Coco. Like, you don't know those things if the title is not similar or the same. Um, So I just think naming it Applause, while it's a good title I think, uh, hurt the show later on because people didn't know that it was based on All About Eve. So before we talk about what my dream revival of Applause looks like, I figure it's probably a good idea to talk a little bit about the plot uh, for those of you who've never seen All About Eve. I would highly recommend watching All About Eve, it is a fantastic movie. Um, but I will also kind of just tell you a little bit about it now. So I'm basing my plot synopsis on applause, uh, on the 1973 made for TV movie. It is a really bizarre made for TV movie. I would highly recommend watching it. Um, it does, it does a job. It does the job, I guess. It tells the story of applause. Um, but it's a little bizarre. Anyways, that's beside the point. Let's talk about the plot. So the show opens, it's Tony night, and Margot Channing is presenting the Tony to the rising star, Eve Harrington. Eve gives her speech and thanks her hero, Margot Channing. Margot kind of fakes happiness, and we get to understand how they got to this point. It's a year and a half earlier, the opening night of Margot's new play. Backstage is busy and full of people congratulating Margot and gossiping. They sing backstage babble, great song. We go into Margot's dressing room and we meet her hairdresser, Dwayne, the playwright, uh, Buzz Richards, and his wife, Karen. Karen brings a guest in to meet Margot, and it's Eve. So Eve is from out of town, fairly new to New York, and loves Margot Channing. Eve tells Margot how much joy she's found in Margot's movies and performances since her husband died. It's the only thing that gave Eve um, solace and comfort during that difficult time. And Margot's really touched by this. Then Margot's fiancé and the director of the play, Bill, comes into the dressing room to congratulate her, but also to remind Margot that he's actually leaving that night to go to Rome to direct a film. Margot begs him to stay, but he can't, so instead he sings a beautiful song, Think of it, think How It's Going to Be, detailing how nice it'll be once the film is wrapped and he can come home. So Bill, Buzz, and Karen leave, and it's just Margot, Eve, and Dwayne left. Margot really isn't feeling up to going to the opening night parties, so instead she convinces Dwayne to take her and Margot with him to the village to party instead. Margot now sings, But Alive. Uh, This song is about how all over the place Margot's emotions are on opening night. It's about how exhausted you are, but also how full of life and excitement you are, Um, how you're running on adrenaline, uh, but at the same time you need a nap. Like You really need a nap. Um, so after a great night of partying, the three return to Margot's apartment where Margot um gets a glass of tea from Eve, not from Dwayne, and Dwayne's like a Dwayne's like a little peeved about this because he tends to get Margot her tea at night, but like he lets it go and lets Eve do it instead. And Eve tells them that this was the best night of her life and it's really sweet, and you're like, Oh Eve, you're so like from the Midwest or something. You're just so sweet and kind. Um So, like I said, Margot thinks that Eve is the sweetest. Dwayne leaves and Eve hangs around uh, and the two put on a movie and catch a movie that Margot made when she was like 19. And Margot explains to Eve uh, that while watching this movie as a boy, Bill fell in love with her. So we also find out that Bill is about, I think, I want to say like seven years younger than Margot. So it's, it's a fairly decent age difference, but nothing huge. Uh, so then Margot sings Who's That Girl, which is a song, it's really a sarcastic song about how she how she used to be so young and if Bill really wants to marry this Margot, the 40-something year old Margot, or if he wants to marry the Margot of the past, or if he wants to marry the Margot that's on stage and does he really love her for who she is right now. So now it's four months from opening night and Eve has kind of become Margot's assistant and her go-to girl. Um, Eve is like checking in on costumes, uh, talking to the, like the lighting techs when the spotlights don't go off uh, perfectly for Margot. It's a little bizarre. Like she's giving notes and she's an assistant to the star. It's just bizarre. Anyways. So after that show, uh, Margot tells the producer um, Howard that she wants to leave the show a little bit early to travel to Rome to be with Bill because she really, really misses him. He's been gone for four months. So, Howard, the producer, like I said, Buzz, the playwright, Buzz's wife Karen, um, and Eve convince her that it's a bad idea. The way that they convince her is a little dicey. Bill, I'm um, sorry, Buzz, Karen, and Howard are all on the same side, and Margot tries to get Eve to agree with her, but Eve like kind of agrees with Margot, but mostly sides with um, the rest of the team, and Margot kind of gives up on the idea and pretends like she. Didn't even want to go that badly anyways. So Howard's really impressed on how Howard is really impressed with how Eve handled Margot. And he actually invites her out that same night to go to a gypsy hangout. So let me explain. Uh, So a gypsy hangout, um, as Howard does also explain in the show, is a sling for a place where the dancers hang out. Uh, And these are dancers who bounce from show to show. uh, And they're just that's what they do. They bounce from show to show. Not the best term for today, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, So at the club, they meet Bonnie, a dancer, and they discuss, and, well, Bonnie says to them, what is it we're living for? Applause. And they sing applause. Um, It is a great, fun, mid-act number. In the TV movie, they spoof a little bit of Fiddler on the Roof, uh, Funny Girl, Cabaret. It's a wonderful dance number. It also just gets you on your feet and like fills you with so much fun and excitement and joy. Like it's really, really fun. So that night at 3 a.m., Margot gets a call from Bill. The call was organized by Eve, who remembered that it was Bill's birthday. But Margot did not. um, Not great for somebody who's supposed to be marrying the dude soon, right? So after the call, Margot sings Hurry Back, where she just laments about how much she misses Bill. And then Bill, Bill does hurry back. He comes home in like two weeks, and Margot throws him this huge welcome home party. So at the party, Margot gets loaded uh, and is super mean to Eve. This is where uh, one of the changes comes in. So in the film, uh, Margot says the line, fasten your seatbelt, it's going to be a bumpy night. And originally, they weren't allowed to use that uh, text at all because it was part of the movie, not a part of the original short story. But when they did get the rights to the movie, they actually added in a song called Fasten Your Seatbelts, which pays homage to that line from the film. Um, Margot kind of expresses not in the song, but in the scene uh, that she's feeling a little suffocated by Eve uh, and no one kind of agrees with her. And she's just like super mean to Eve all night. Uh, Bill has a real problem with it when the party's over and kind of lays into Margo about it. Um, and Margot is like, leave me alone, you're not the boss of me, I can treat Eve any way I want to treat Eve. So Karen, who you'll remember as uh Buzz's wife, the playwright's wife, uh, helps who she feels like is the person in the right. She helps Eve. She gets Eve, uh her and Buzz, I should say, get Eve cast as Margot's understudy, and Margot finds out and is fuming. Uh, she sings another ironic piece on stage when she finds out um, that Eve has been cast, called "Welcome to the Theater," and Eve runs off, kind of really upset and and just kind of pretending that she's more upset than she is, and making Eve making Margot look even worse. Bill kind of comes in halfway through the song and hears Margot like berating Eve. And he thinks that Margot is being paranoid. He thinks that she, that Eve is a perfectly nice person and that Margot is being way too mean and way too catty. They get into a huge fight and they break up and Margot is left alone on stage. And that's the end of act one. Act two is much shorter. So after the breakup with Bill, Margot gets invited by Buzz and Karen to go to their vacation home and like upstate or something. And Margot agrees to go. Karen, being the worst friend ever, uh, decides that she's going to drain the gas tank so they can't get back to New York in time for the show, forcing Eve to go on as Marco's understudy. Uh, So they're stuck in the country for the night, and the trio sings a song called Good Friends about the value of good friends. And then Karen starts to feel remorseful the more they sing the song about what she's done. It's really, really funny, actually. So after Eve's performance, uh, she goes to back. She goes back to the gypsy hangout, and she kind of snubs Bonnie and the other dancers. So to make light of the situation, the group sings "She's No Longer a Gypsy," and it's all about how Eve thinks because she had one good night uh, that she's too good for them and that she's part of the big leagues now. It's a really, uh, it's another really fun song, and it really lightens up what can be a darker second act. So Eve later gives an interview uh, where she kind of comes for Margot and Margot's age. Uh, and it's it's a lot of underhanded like backhanded compliments that she gives to Margot, but it just doesn't look good for Margot. It just is not good PR. Margot's devastated and Eve goes a, one step further and hits on Bill. Bill, who is grossed out, uh, kind of rejects, not kind of, but does reject Eve and goes back to Margot. And the two sing a wonderful duet called One of a Kind uh, that I love so much. um, And they say that they're one of a kind um, for each other. And that's why they work so well together. But after the song, um, it's clear to Bill that Margot really wants to focus on her career and saving it. Uh, So her and Bill are at a standstill. Uh, They're not going to get married. They're just kind of stuck in this weird situation where she can't get over what Eve has done. And she needs to focus on her career. And he wants her to focus on literally anything else. So now we find out that Eve after being rejected by Bill did not let that get her down. She has latched on to buzz the playwright and might I add Karen's husband. Honestly, to me, this seems like karma for Karen because I don't get how you can like abandon your friend uh, and drain the gas out of her tank so that her understudy can go on and then expect nothing to happen to you. Okay. That's just me. Okay. Whatever. So, Eve has gotten together with Buzz, Karen's husband. um, And this is great for Eve because Buzz is going to keep writing projects for her and shows for her. So she's going to be able to perform more and become a bigger star. Eve then sings One Halloween, uh, which is recalling her childhood trauma and how far she's come and where she is today. This song is so dark and twisted. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about it later, but it really plays into... The themes of obsession uh, that Eve, that really um, highlight, that are really highlighted in Eve's character. So after singing that number, um, the producer Howard, who we've met earlier in the show, uh, runs into Eve and he um, lets Eve know that he knows what she's all, like, what she's doing. He knows that she was lying about the death of her husband, Um, he knows that she's lying about her backstory. Uh, And he kind of forces her to work with him and also kind of be in a relationship with him, uh, which is super gross. Um, He like to keep him quiet and to keep um, having the fame that she so desperately wants, Eve has to work with him, dump Buzz um, and also date him, which is gross, super gross. So at this point, Margot feels like she's kind of lost everything because of Eve. Um, But then she kind of realizes that she can win at something else. And she sings this wonderful song. I keep saying all these songs are wonderful, but they really are uh, called something greater and it's, and it's about getting something greater out of life, something more fulfilling and to Margot, That's a life with Bill um, because she loves Bill more than she loves her career. So in the finale, her and Bill get together and then her and Bill come together and ask the audience the question, why do we live this crazy life? Applause. And the show is over. So a pretty straightforward plot, but there's still a ton to unpack here. So in terms of themes and characters, I think I want to focus on the two female leads, Margot and Eve. And by talking about both of them, I'm going to hit all of the themes that this show has and the sh- and the themes that I think need to be um, brought forward more heavily in a revival. So first let's talk about Margot. Margot is a great character and she goes through what so many women go through every day um, in theater, in Hollywood, in life in general. One day she's the young ingenue, the next day she's not. Um, for a lot of women our value is based on our age and our beauty and when we age out of a certain bracket uh, we're kind of thrown to the side. And for Margot, she's seeing that starting to happen in her theater career. People are saying things like, she's too old to play some of these roles. Um, she's too old to be doing this. We have to get someone younger to play these roles. Um, she doesn't wanna feel old or decrepit. She wants to feel valued. She wants her age and her experience to be viewed as a good thing, not as a bad thing. Uh, she wants parts for women her age and not have not to have to stuff herself into younger roles to seem appealing. This is also the only life Margot's ever known. In the musical we learned that Margot started making films when she was 19 and for someone who spent the last 20 plus years of her life either in front of the camera or on the stage suddenly um, to be 43 or however old Margot really is in the show and for her to just have to start over again is really scary. Nobody wants to start over again. Um, some people may think it's selfish, but I think it's true. Margot doesn't wanna just drop everything and just marry Bill and like focus on being a wife right away because she doesn't know what that's like. She's been busy being an actress for the last 20 years of her life. She knows what that's like. And you don't wanna give up your, your job or your way of life really without a fight. Uh, So you've got to respect what Margot's doing. She's trying to make herself, she's trying to reinvent herself as much as she possibly can so that she can stay in the lifestyle that she knows and is comfortable and accustomed to. I always think about what Meryl Streep said when she was making Into the Woods. Around the time that she turned 40 she kept getting offers to play witches and like evil stepmothers. Um, They were constantly placing her as the side character no longer as the leading lady and I think that happens a lot we think at a certain age women stop being the leading lady of their own story and it's time for somebody younger to come in because they're quote-unquote more appealing the same thing doesn't necessarily happen with men men are silver foxes like they Charlie Chaplin had kids till he was like 70 like men apparently never lose their sex appeal and their appeal to the general audience. But like once a woman turns 40, apparently it's all over for her. Margot's story about aging in Hollywood um, is a universal Hollywood story. It's a story that we keep telling because it never stops being true. The Wisdom of Eve was written in 1946 and it's 2020. And we're still talking about the same issues. That at a certain point, women are aged out of Hollywood and we don't give them roles, we don't give them jobs, we don't value them. Because we have to make room for the newer, younger crowd all the time. In terms of casting, Margot is such a fun character and she's so complex that I have a couple of different options that I think would be great. I think because she in the show is this big Broadway star and has had this big, wonderful career that we should get somebody who's had a big, wonderful Broadway career. Um, the first person who came to mind based solely on what Lauren Bacall sounds like and the kind of um, the sound of the original cast is Patti Lapone. I think she'd be great in this. I think she would have the same kind of brassiness that Lauren Bacall has. Uh, but. Another, but a couple other people that I think would be fantastic for the role include Audrey McDonald, who is a living Broadway legend. I think, God rest her soul, Maren Maisie would have done a fantastic job with this role. Um, and I also feel like um, Bernadette Peters would be fantastic for this as well, another Broadway legend. So Eve. Eve is a totally different ballgame. Eve is obsessive and she is specifically obsessed with Margot. Um, If All About Eve was set in modern times, this is that classic stalker um, who follows a celebrity around, breaks into their house, invades their life, hacks all their information. That's who Eve is. Um, Eve is specifically, like I said, obsessed with Margot. This obsession isn't like funny, it's deeply concerning. It's really creepy. Um, and like I said, really concerning. Eve is obsessed with being friends with Margot and then becoming Margot. Um, And I think to me, it seems like Eve has had this plan from the beginning, that this didn't like kind of happen to Eve and that she just fell into being the understudy and just fell into saying those mean things about Margot in the interview, or fell into, you know, having an affair with Buzz or fell into flirting with Bill. These are things that Eve planned on doing from the beginning. And Eve uh, played the role of someone who was naive and sweet to get in and then take over Margot's life. Um, If we look at the song One Halloween, I think it's a really great example um, to show us a little bit further into the mind of Eve. So One Halloween is a song that Eve sings in Act Two. And the song starts out with Eve detailing how on a Halloween when she was like, eight to nine years old or something like that she made her own costume very cute and put on makeup and her dad said to her wash your face you look like a whore which like who says that to a child first of all it's such a bizarre antidote and it just like lets us peer a little bit into the psyche of Eve that like this thing has bugged her her entire life that she's held on to this thing her father said to her um, for her entire life and it's shaped Um, all of her decisions afterwards, because she says, well, look at me now, daddy, um, because she's now on this big stage and she's this big star now. After that, the song goes into this really um, augmented and weird-sounding version of But Alive from the first act, which is Margot's song, another instance of Eve, like, taking over Margot's life. So in the first act, Margot sings she feels twitchy and bitchy and manic and it just hits a little different in the second act when Eve is alone on stage like spiraling singing about um, how she feels alive now that she's got um, buzz and she's got Margot's job and everyone loves her and not Margot and then she continues on by singing everybody loves the winner but nobody loves the flop no one worries how you got there once you're standing on the top which is exactly what eve did nobody cares how eve got there because she's on top now so it doesn't matter um eve is such an interesting character and i hope that if this is ever revived we really lean into eve's obsession with margot and how unsettling it is this show can be a real um psychological thriller Um, if it's played the right way and if Eve is portrayed the right way. In terms of casting, I really think Ashley Park would do a fantastic job playing Eve. So you've probably seen Ashley Park in Mean Girls the Musical as Gretchen Wieners in The King and I, uh, the revival in 2015, I believe, and most recently in the Netflix TV show Emily in Paris, which I have yet to see, but I'm really excited to watch it. I hear she's very good in it. So really for a revival of applause, I want to focus on the relationship between Margot and Eve. I think it's the most important relationship in the show, sorry Bill, as it is the most important relationship in the movie. I want to spend more time understanding these two women and seeing how they're the same and how they are so vastly different um, and understanding the choices that they make. With Margot, I want to spend more time understanding where this insecurity about her age comes from. I want to spend more time understanding what her career means to her, and I want to spend more time um, understanding what having someone like Eve look up to her means to her as well, because that has to play a part in her life. Um, You don't just let some random girl off the street be your assistant after like a night. There has to be some deep connection you feel to her to let her do that. On the other hand, I really, really want to spend more time with Eve. I think she's such an interesting character, um, and her obsession with Margot is so fascinating to how it gets to that point, um, that she's, you know, becoming Margot's understudy, that she's trying to sleep with Margot's boyfriend, former boyfriend, um, that she's, you know, taking the playwright that Margot works with all the time and getting him to write shows for her instead. That's really interesting. There's also a lot of discussion and a lot of literature in regards to the movie All About Eve that talks about whether or not Eve's obsession with Margot started as a um, a crush, whether or not Eve was sexually attracted to Margot. And because Eve was unable to act on those feelings, um, they turned into obsession. And that obsession would later turn into something else. Um, There are two schools of thought about that both really interesting um, articles and both interesting schools of thought. Like I said, uh, if you're interested, I can always link uh, some really great articles that I've read about it, but it's a really complex topic that I don't want to super dive into because it's more leaning towards the movie than it is the musical. But I think we've got to explore that a little bit on stage as well. Something else I want to spend quite a bit of time talking about and looking at um, if this were to ever be revived is the juxtaposition between the music and the actual story in applause. So when you listen to the score of applause, it very much sounds like a musical written in the 70s. It sounds like Bye Bye Birdie, it sounds like Annie, it sounds like all of those musicals that we know and love. But the story is a lot darker than all of those stories. Um, It's a story about obsession, it's a story about aging in Hollywood, it's the story about a woman's worth. the complexities between choosing between a career and your love life. Um, It's about abuse. It's about a bunch of different things. And I think if we lean further into those themes, um, it becomes even more eerie when the score is so bouncy and fun, um, when the content is so serious. Um, It just takes it to another eerie, um, spooky level that I think would serve the story really, really well. Show, but I do have some pretty good ideas for the rest of the cast, uh, for some of them, anyways. I'll start with Bill. I think Bill could be played really wonderfully by Joshua Henry uh, for a couple reasons. Depending on who the Margot is, there would be a big enough age gap that it would be something that Margot is constantly thinking about and is really insecure about. I think that could be great. I think Dwayne, Margot's hairdresser, could be played by Michael. Uh, James Scott, um, I believe that's his name, yeah, Michael James Scott, who was in um, Something Rotten and was also the genie on um, in Aladdin on Broadway until we um, closed due to COVID. I think he's so good. I think he is so funny. Um, I really like him and I think he would make Dwayne a lot of fun to watch on stage. I think that Buzz's wife, Karen, could be played really wonderfully by Jane Krakowski. I think she does a great job of playing the best friend with the heart of gold who isn't always the best at making decisions very well. I think she's really good at that. Uh, Plus I want to see her on Broadway again. I loved her and she loves me. Um, So I want to see her back on Broadway soon. So for the character of Bonnie, the dancer, I think Ariana DeBose would do a fantastic job because we all know she can dance like nobody's business, Uh, but she also has a stellar voice. Um, I also think if Ashley Park isn't playing Eve, that Ashley Park would also do really, really well with this particular role. Okay, so that's basically where my Dreamcast ends. I don't have a ton of ideas for who should play Buzz and who should play Howard, the producer. But if you do, feel free to send me a comment or a message about it because I'd love to pick everyone's brain and figure out who we want to play those roles because they're, I think, difficult roles to cast. So as we wind down today's podcast, I wanted to give a couple of recommendations about Applause. The first of which is to definitely check out that 1973 made for TV movie. There are a lot of changes, Um, they cut a lot of songs out of the show, but it's fun to watch. Lauren Bacall and Penny Fuller give fantastic performances um, and it kind of allows you to see what it would have been like to see it on Broadway in the 1970s. I would also recommend checking out the original Broadway cast recording. Also on that cast recording you'll see you'll hear actually a couple of cut songs from the show. Really enjoy those songs and they make really great gab- cabaret numbers. Finally, thank you all again so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. There are a million things you can listen to, so I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my podcast. If you wanted to follow along with our conversations about a musical revival, you can follow us on Instagram. The handle is at Podcast. Leave some comments. Talk to me about who you want to see in the Applause Revival. Also, let me know what musicals you would like to see revived next on Broadway. Uh, Remember to follow us on Spotify or leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Nothing I know brings on the glow like sweet applause. You're thinking you're through That nobody cares